When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Dad Vengers podcast, sponsored by Tonka. Because being tough is all about getting out and playing. I'm Nigel Clark, TV presenter and performer. And I'm also host of this wonderful podcast where we explore different aspects of parenting and hone in on the dad point of view. And mums, grandparents, carers, we want you involved in the conversation too. So let's talk, let's laugh, let's share the things we find difficult and become the type of dads we really want to be. Today's guest has turned baking with his son into a massively successful brownie business. Uh, he's had an incredible varied career, including being a semi-finalist on Britain's Got Talent. He's also a full-time dad and has been navigating grief with his son. I'm so pleased to welcome to the Dad Avengers podcast, John Lashley from the Brooklyn Bakery. Hey, how you doing, Nigel? Yeah, man. Dude. So, so pleased that I could get to chat to you on the podcast. I've been wanting to do this for a little while and it's happened now. So you're here. Welcome. Boom. There we go. Love it when a plan comes together. D- uh, let's not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? Let's, let's get straight into that. Okay. Because yeah, well. for some people who don't know, you are the world's only. Uh, only professional. Yeah. Only professional. I'm going to let you introduce it. Tell him. Oh, jeez. Uh, I'm the world's only professional Mr. T lookalike. Um, it's that, I've had that reigning title for years uh, until semi-recently where a really good friend of mine back in the States, he started doing it. And I'm actually happy. I guess <laughs> 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 it's just like, I never was Mr. T. It's so weird, though, because it's like as a child, I remember my mother said uh, in the summertime when you get your hair cut, you know, before school, it's like, John, what time what hair you cut you want? I want a mohawk. So she let me get a mohawk. And uh, I remember going back to school with my mohawk. I even had a little Mr. T belt. Um, and the thing was, I was four years old, but I was in the first grade. So I was all the other kids were five and six. I got beat down every day because everybody's like, oh, you think you're Mr. T? Oh, you think you're tough? Oh, bah, wow. bah, 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 bah. oh my goodness. So I prayed, to, I begged my mother to go back, get my hair cut. And uh, that's the last time I ever wore that Mr. T belt until I went to a runner's birthday party and became Mr. T. It all came Crazy, back. Man. And then it went from there all the way to Britain's Got Talent, Britain's right? Got talent. Yeah, man. Britain's Got Talent. Um, toured the world for a little bit. Um did the whole Britain's Got Talent tour. And uh, yeah, we just get to do some crazy things. You know, I was on stage with Rihanna, Snoop Dogg, um, quite a few people when I did Tea in the Park. 
uh, yeah, it's just it's just a surreal life, you know what I mean? Because one second you're a dad and you're a computer geek, and then the next, you know, on the weekend you're on stage in front of like seventy thousand people. That is um, that is such a change, and and literally almost overnight was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was, it was pretty much overnight. I, I I went to this birthday party. It was my first birthday party in the UK. I didn't know how it all went. Yeah, you know, the runner, she was like, um, her name's Gemma. She was like, oh, um, it's a, it's a, it's a, no, you guys call it a fancy dress party. So I thought they were, I, I thought they were punking me. I was like, what's a fancy dress party? They're like, you know, like a, when you dress up, I was like, oh, a costume party. She was like, yeah. I was like, but we're old. Like, why are we doing that? And she was like, no, 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 it's, it's my 21st. I want it to be 80s. So I got real competitive. And at that time I grew my hair out. And everybody was looking insane. I was looking a bit rough. I was working at Ragdoll at the time. They're like, you're looking rough, John. And then that night, finally, after like a month and a half, I shaved it all down, got the chains on, got my overalls on, which I wore anyways. Yeah, I yeah. love overalls. And uh, I went as Mr. T. And like the dude who owned the club, he just kept taking pictures of me, taking pictures of me the whole night. People started like lining up and thinking I was working. I didn't even know at this point what it looked like was. By the end of the night, he was like, look, man, I need your phone number. And I was like, mm, bro. <laughs> I was like, this ain't happening. Yeah, I know. Leo's mom was like looking too. She was like, this is not fun, man. You know, I, mean, I came with you to have a good night because people were lining up taking pictures. And uh, the guy's like, look, look, look. I'm going to send you all. The- just give me your email address. I'm going to send you all these pictures. And just look up the word lookalike. And I was like, all right. And I did it as blase as that on the Sunday. Took all the pictures he sent me, just went forward and picked a few of the top agencies out of Google and just sent them as guy who thought I looked like Mr. T. I'm in Northampton. Is there any work for me? I don't know what a lookalike is. And the following week, I uh, did a commercial for Drayton Manor, uh, another one for um, Asda. And uh, I just started working from there. Wow. So with that, that dude who asked you for your number, thanks. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. Yeah, thanks, sketchy dude. It's all good. <laughs> nice. It's very good. Wow. So um, you grew up in the States, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. New York, uh, born and bred. And when did you come over to the UK? So 2004, I officially moved over. We got married um, and I started working hard. Um, and we kept trying for a baby. Uh, and it just did not work out. Um, it was a hard road, man. Um, Leo's mom, she was uh, about, she was 12 years older than me. Yeah. Um, so she was in her 40s and we were trying to conceive. Um, it was really, really tough. And we had many, many miscarriages. Um, and then we were lucky enough to conceive with Leo. And uh, we had little Leo in 2007. Wow. Um, which he's like, he's a, he's a blessing. It was a tough one, man. I mean, like as a, as somebody who's been like through those things, like I say, things, uh, miscarriages, there was a point where I thought it was me. I thought like I was a jinx. So not recently, but like a few years back, I actually wrote out a letter and like apologized to quite a few women that I worked with because I wouldn't even, I, I thought I was that bad of a jinx that like I wouldn't even mention if somebody was pregnant. You know how everybody in the office is like, wow. oh my God, are you pregnant? Touch your belly and all that stuff. I would ignore it and i would just be like oh hi how you doing daisy oh how you doing lauren da, da, da. and that's about it and because you'd built it up in your head so much yeah because that's it just hurt it hurt me so much and i never really talked about it 
Um, I never even talked about it to Lane, um, how much it hurt me and how I thought maybe it was me because I just got so into it when, when we were pregnant. Um, and then, yeah, uh, I just, after I think around like the eighth one, I was just like, this ain't going to happen. I, I just kept thinking in my head when she was like, oh, I think we're pregnant. I was like, okay. And even when Leo, oh, I hate this this situation, but yeah, even when Leo was being born, you know still I mean? worried. We had a water birth. I was looking at like these little head pop out and I was just like, he's not going to be breathing. Um, you know what I mean? You just have all yeah, that yeah, in yeah. your head. And then he floated up and then like the midwife was like, do you want to get him? And I was like, okay, scooped him up. And he was just like, Meh. And I was like, oh, <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. And, uh, yeah. It was, uh, it was um, a light, light switch moment. It was, it was perfect. Listening to you talk about that, um, did you, you, it sounds like there was no support or help for you or anyone you could talk to about the way you were feeling, or was it more that you didn't want to talk to people? I don't think at that point in my life, I was as open as I am now. <clears throat> and this is why I say Leo's made me so much. Leo's made me so much a better person because I've had to effectively communicate and stuff. Uh, because he's my little partner, man. I mean, from a little age, you know what I mean? You start wanting to communicate with this little being. Um, and he's just made me lose, like, my fear of germs and things of that nature, because I was a huge germaphobe man, being an American and all that. And then, you know, when he's born, you know, you, this, this little thing is going to crawl around. He's going to have dirty little hands. He's going to want to put those dirty little hands in your mouth. Um, and... I'm not going to be like, you know, get away from me. No, no. I mean, he sees everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, pop those little dirty hairs in my mouth, whatever. You know what I mean? So <laughs> he helped me He helped me get through so many things. Um, at that point in time, I would say two things. There wasn't really that much support, and it was all about man up. Um, yeah. To which I'm just like, I look back at those things, and now when I, when I have friends and I know that they're grieving or they're not vibing how they usually do, I will probe, 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 probe until they tell me what's up. Um, because it, sometimes it helps, man. Yeah, no, it, it's something... When, when, once you realise how much men do want help and need help, and you know that sometimes they're saying, yeah, 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 I don't need help, but really deep down, they would love, mm. love to be able to open up to someone and chat. When you realise that that's happening, you, you do want to probe a little bit more. You do want to yeah. push... Push, especially if it's a friend, especially if it's a family member, you, you feel like, come on, I'm here for you. I do, totally. I mean, because, you know, you've been through it. Uh, and not just that, you know how healthy it is. The other thing is, it's just kind of like an American thing. One of the things I had to get over was uh, when I was working in offices and stuff in different studios, how mm, people were very... British people were very different than Americans. It's kind of like the first time it happened to me was, you know, they'd come in and be like, hi, uh, um, uh, how you doing? Or whatever, or, uh, you know, blah, 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 whatever, over the weekend. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm doing cool. Um, but I'd start going into my brief of, oh, man, you know, traffic was crazy this morning. I was a little bit stressed. Uh, and, like, her face was kind of like, I asked you how you were, but I didn't really want to know how yeah, you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? She was almost like saying it as she was walking, and I was like, hmm. After like a couple of days of that, I was like, I don't think she actually cares what I was saying. This is just a thing people kind of say is like, hi, how you doing? And, or, all right, all right. And uh, I started to monitor people. I was like, oh, okay. This is just kind of a weird greeting like, head nod nod thing i mean yeah. even in an office right. um and it's just like hmm, i don't really dig this man 
this is not how I work. So the little crew that we worked in at Ragdoll, the compositors and 3D modelers, we, I kind of infected them. That's just how I do, man. Everybody was saying things like gas, um, you know what I mean? And then garage by the end of it. But um, it was cool because everybody started to talk in our cabin um, and we'd like actually have real discussions and it felt really, really good. I could re I quickly realized the rest of the company didn't dig it. <laughs> they were just like, what is this alien doing to everybody? Um, you lot should be but, sitting down working, not uh, enjoying yeah, each other's Yeah, chin wagging. Yeah, enjoying each and other. liking each other. Actually, exactly. Actually wanting a lunch hour, a full lunch hour. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, you guys must be eating at your desk. Um, but yeah, man, I have now some really good lifelong friends from that place um, just because I've kind of... I changed them a little bit and, uh, you know, they all communicate. We still have a little WhatsApp group where we all chat and stuff. And, uh, you know, when we've had some bad times and roller coasters, we've reached out, which is quite nice. Um, and that's over uh, quite a few years ago. Uh, 2006, I was working at Ragdoll. So, yeah, man, still still got some really good friends from then. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So moving from the States to the UK, it sounds like, there were some some culture shocks because mm, yeah. you know seeing the different ways of greeting and the different differences in the workplace yeah. <laughs> what other sort of major differences were there oh man back in the states uh i was i, I have been held at gunpoint around nine times um five by police four by just people wanting my money um, but when you're a broke student, you know what I mean? It's a transaction. You know what I mean? When somebody's mugging you, it's a transaction in my head. Yeah. You know, they got, bum, give me your money. Yeah, yeah, hold up. You know, you slowly take it out. Oh, you're broke. You're a student. Okay. Either you get in the wallet, thrown in your face, and they're off. Or, you know what I mean? It's just like walking over to an ATM machine. They still see you in a negative balance, and that's it. Um, what are you going to do? But when it's a cop, it's a traumatizing situation because there is power. No, that's just like there's no transaction, bro. There's no getting out of it. You know, and especially if you haven't done nothing, you know, think about this one time I had my keys putting it in my door. You know I me, mean? I ran from the train station right across the street was my putting it in the door. All I heard was freeze in my head. I thought, yeah, it was my friends messing around, but then something just went like my mom's training yeah. from all the years of just training. I was just like, Oh, dropped everything stuff all over the floor, blah, blah, blah. And I just froze, get on the floor, get on the floor. Kind of looked, yes, it was a cop with a gun on me. I fit, the, I fit the description. And that was the constant thing. I always fit some description. And I was just like, and now when my family, they say, oh, we want to go back to, yo, can we vacation in America? Can we go? I didn't realize I kind of have PTSD. You know what I mean? It's just like, I, I go... Inside, I kind of go crazy. I start raging inside, but I don't say anything. I get really quiet. And I'm just like, yo, can't we just think about going anywhere else but like America? And they're just like, my son, he loves where his dad's from, oh, America. And he's just like, oh, yeah, I'd really love to go to New York. And I'm just like, no, we ain't going to New York. We ain't never going to New York. You ain't going to New York until you're 21. Um, yeah. And you know what I mean? It's just like, extend this out of my hands and legally go. But I just, I have realized that I do have this whole negative thing about it and I need to communicate and explain to them why. If you've begged for your life over five times with people holding guns to you, um, it's traumatizing, man. Totally. Totally. I mean, you have an experience like that. You're not going to want to go back to a place where you have experiences like that, especially because you've not had any experience like that in the UK. So you're like, well, I'm kind of happy here, guys. 
Um, I'm solid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm solid. It's not like, I mean, the thing is, it's just like, it, it's just the ratio of, of like police officers with guns to, you know, people. It's just like every single officer in America has got a gun. Not every single officer in the UK has got a gun. And, you know, every officer in the UK, I think even if they draw it or whatever, they, they have to write a full report, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, it ain't, it's not going to happen. The probability of me being shot by a police officer in this country is ugh, 0. 0.000 something. You know what I mean? It's just not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just, it's just the way it is. Uh, and just even when I was, my first interactions with police over here or just watching them, their phraseology and the way they, they approach the public I had to even go, you guys are a little bit, uh, you know, don't judge me when I say they're a little bit soft, you know what I mean? Because they're just like, the way they're like, hey, mate, how you doing? I was just like, but then I looked back at it and I went, well, at least they're humanizing you. At least they're on the same level because yeah. you'd say, mate, mate, your friend, you call your friends your mates, you know what I mean? Yeah. You wouldn't be like, command, command, command. You know, you're like, you're a dog. Um, yeah. And that's it. That's the complete difference. And I was just like, okay. I could deal with this place. I could raise my son to a certain level. He won't be seen as really a threat and he won't be shot. Um, and, uh, and I got to protect this little egg and that's it. I mean, you, you said it there, bringing up a little one, you've, you've made, you've made the choice by then. Okay. I'm bringing my one up in the UK because I don't want them to him to have to experience any of that. Alongside that, you've had a stepdad who has been a father for you, a, a role model for you. How has that sculpted the way you parent, Leo? Oh, man. Yeah, Pops is like, from me growing my beard, because for the longest I, had, I was like, I'm never going to have a beard. Dad had this like kind of like big old like, big beard that I used to tug on and everything else. I used to like do pull-ups on that thing when I was like a kid. Um, so when I Leo popped out, I, I fully grew, fully grew up my beard because uh, I thought, well, it's only you know it's a tradition. He's got to pull on something. Um, to, to that, from from just wanting to make my dad proud um, in everything that he did and the way he was, he, he, he believed in something called the pet method of, of, of parenting. So, uh, it was, it was very, it was a very different type of parenting compared to my mom, <laughs> my mom, which was Richard, you and this foolishness, these kids just need a slap. Don't even get my grandmother involved. It's just like, well, you know, you want me to call your granny? No, no, no. Um, and yeah, it was, uh, but the handy thing was, it was such a yin and yang relationship. Mm. And she was willing to, she was willing to change. Mom was very adaptable because she realized she's in a new country. Um, these are kind of the ways. And this man has taken the time to invest in her blended family. Mm. And he's basically should be the head of the household. Um, so let's see what he's got to say. And the pet method actually worked really well for all of us. You know what I mean? Um, and it was just really nice. Dad was the artistic hippie who really um, pushed my artistic side. Mom wanted me to be it's like a structural engineer, blah, 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 and, you know, all this craziness. Yeah. Um, and 
And in the end, you know, I became a visual effects artist and then a visual effects supervisor and all that stuff. Which is kind of a mixture of both. It's a beautiful blend, man. There was a point when I was lucky enough to go to art high school. It was pretty much like fame, the thing I went to. You know, we had dancers, we had uh, painters, blah, blah, all these artists. <clears throat> and they are rolling around about... in Juilliard, were you? <laughs> well, I have a few friends who went to Juilliard, yeah. But um, <laughs> And I know that, that Manhattan school as well, which is pretty much a large version of the school that we went to on Long Island. Um, so you had to audition to get into the school and everything. And the cool thing was they opened up a new division, which was computer graphics while I was there. Okay. And I realized I hated CAD. And this thing was a lot, in, a lot cooler. And when I had to break that to mom, it was soul destroying. You know, oh my goodness. Oh, my son's a failure. You know, so. But I was just like, well, Ma, you just got to deal with it. And where dad was just like, are you happy, son? Yeah. You think you can make a career of this? Yeah. All right, let's do it. And that was it. Um, and he was just like, Brenda, you have to let you have to let your son do your thing, his thing. And uh, and from then on, well, you know, I went to uni. Great, you know, A's. There was never a slack. All A's, all A's constantly. Um, and uh, she couldn't say anything. You know, magna cum laude, graduating with that, graduating with honors, uh, both sets. And she was just like, okay, all right. Oh, you worked on this as a credit on that. Okay. All right. Then suddenly you, you get you know, got relays from a cousin or whatever else. Oh, your mother said that you were working on a film. Oh, your mother said you were working on this TV show. Oh, you got a credit. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, she can't say nothing to my face because I didn't become an engineer. Okay. That's got to be spirits for you, man. You know what I mean? But the funniest thing was I listened to um, a podcast with Sergey Brin in, in it. Uh, you know, one of the co-founders of yeah. Google. And... Uh, it's immigrant parents. They're not just Guyanese parents. So his dad believes he's a failure as well. The man's worth over eight, eight, eight billion or something like that. One of the founders of Google's parents. Yeah, thinks... one of the founders of Google thinks he's a failure because he didn't become a math professor. And I was just like, yo, you immigrant parents are crazy. I can't even Forget that math anymore. professor, mate. <laughs> this dude owns the world. What? <laughs> Pretty much. But he does. I mean, co-founder of Google. I was like, you're done. You're done, man. I can't deal with these parents. They're crazy. But um, yeah, uh, when you have a good yin yang, yin yin yang uh, parent parental unit, it's nice, you know, because when somebody's a little bit too firm, the other person's there to be soft, and it, it was a good bro bringing up for the entire family. Now you speak about yin and yang of parenting. Your parenting situation now, you've got a, an, another partner now, and you parent Leo together. How is that yin and yang? How does that work? Yeah, unfortunately, I guess I got a lot of my mom's structural temperament with how to uh, how to do things. You know what I mean? It's kind of like there's a lot of people who I do realize don't do things as effectively or they do a lot of wasting the time. Basically, it's just you have this head and it's kind of like that's the task. Get it done. Da, 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 do the best of your ability. Uh, all the things that I was trained to do as a child. Um, and it's come in very handy when building your own business or when working as a supervisor or whatever else. Um, my partner, she's a little bit more like my dad, a lot more like my dad, very free flowing. Um, well, one of these ones, she went to, she moved to Ibiza for eight years to find herself. To, my, to me, I'm just like, I find myself in an hour. Hello, I'm here, let's go. <laughs> yeah, one of those ones. But I, I love it. I absolutely love it because it's such an alternative, fun, open, free-spirited brain and mind. She's also a go-getter. She's got her own business and she she does her thing. Um, 
but she really does make myself and Leo smile because Leo's a lot like me, but he does like the very soft side of Becky um, and he does gravitate to it. Uh, I do love watching them sometimes just, you know, just chatting and talking nonsense and crazy things of what they want to do. And, you know, Brits do love going on vacation. You know, you guys say, oh, what holidays are you doing? So they're writing down what holidays you want to go on. Me, the first holiday I was on was when I was 19 and I came over here. You know what I mean? It's just like it's not something we did. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's just it's just it's really nice because I know my my son, he needs that. He needs that softness. That's beautiful. That The way you speak about it. The way you talk about it, I can feel the warmth and happiness that oh, the, the three of you have together. And I think you, you say you need it. Um, and it feels like you, you're getting exactly what you need. Definitely mm, getting exactly Most definitely, bro. I mean, if there was two of me, it'd be, <laughs> I was saying before, it'd be like a Thanos type of house. You know I mean? <laughs> Everything would be like done perfectly, snapping yeah. fingers, people turn into ash, everything. But no, it's just, <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice one the way it is now. No, but even sometimes I need a hiatus for myself. Yeah, know, we all do. Like, sometimes we yeah. all do. Sometimes we all do. We are so happy to have Tonka as our sponsor this series. Basic Fun's Tonka collection is packed full of fun vehicles for kids who want to get out and get tough with their toys. So dads, you've got no excuse. Grab that mighty steel classic truck. It's time to head to the sandpit for some tough play. Now, you said that um, Leo needs that warmth around him. Um, tell us a little bit about Leo's mum passing because she passed away, didn't she? Mm. Yeah. Oof. That's uh, kind of uh, the, the kind of like spark from the business as well. Um, Leo's mom, she was a mental health nurse and um, she passed on the end of July 2019. Um, she was a mental health nurse for was it about 12 years or 12 yeah. or 11 years. Uh, senior, very senior. Um, and what annoys me is just there wasn't really the debriefing or the people around her to give her that support. Um, and I started to realize this very, very early in our relationship as well, when we were together, um, because she'd come home with some stuff that she just had to debrief and I'm not a shrink. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, As an American, yeah, we're born with a shrink, you know what I mean? Um, but I was just like, I had no clue on how to deal with some of the stuff. I was just like, and I realized she had to get it out of her. And I kept asking, I was like, isn't there somebody like, don't you guys have like a priest or something? Like somebody you can just go and just, yeah, for an hour before you leave and just go, wow, this happened. Somebody's just hung themselves. And it was like once a week, something traumatic was going on, man. And I was like, I got, I can't listen to this no more. You know what I mean? This stuff is really messing with me. Yeah. Um. So I realized that the entire mental health community uh, and just, I guess you could say even police, all the things they have to deal with. They don't have any support where they get to debrief all the stuff they have to do with. No. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, yeah, she 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 took her own life. Um, the weekend that I had Leo, uh, it was all planned. Um, she was meticulous about that. I mean, she had letters for even down to the corner um, to exactly what she took, uh, the pills that she took, um, you know what I mean, who to contact, um, the password to her phone, all these things. I mean, everything she was, she had like, in the end, there was about 18 letters left for people. Um, and, uh, it wow. was, uh, yeah, she planned it. She, it was something that was, I guess, going through her head for a, a while. Yeah. To, to, to plan it that, that much, 
that is some serious thought that's gone into that. That's not. Mm. Uh, that's not a. Oh, what, let me think a about whim. this. No, yeah. it's no, not at all. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that that, so sorry, that, that happened. No nah, man, it's it's we talk about it quite a bit because there's you know there's this whole taboo thing about it. It's and I think that's the thing. If you're not talking, like you don't reach out for that help. Um, and I have realized that through us talking, we have had people inbox us on our Instagram and uh, talk about like there was a point when I thought about it, and you're like, oh when and then they were just like well you know a couple of months ago or whatever. and you just have talk open dialogue you know what i mean i'm just like i'm just talking to them back and forth messaging yeah. and then i start doing voice messages and they voice they're opening back and forth and after maybe like you know hour or so or, uh for one and there was another one that was a couple of days you just get this report and they're just like yo thank you so much for just being able to talk to me and i'm thinking i wish there was more of a fast track uh, where people can get the help that they need to open up. Uh, because there was a point when I was really depressed, uh, when our relationship fell apart, myself and Elia's mom. And uh, I was thinking really negative thoughts. Um, and I went to the doctor and explained this. And it wasn't like, oh, yeah, 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 right. We, we're going to get this. This is where you need to go. Um, go there this afternoon or go there tomorrow. No, it was, she sat there just clicking away. Do you feel this way? you feel that way and by the end of it i was just like i don't think we're you don't get anywhere you no, you don't care no. <laughs> you're ticking no. boxes you're you're you, <laughs> pretty much look, look at me i want i want eye contact i'm yeah. a human you know what i mean i'm telling you that i was vulnerable enough to open up to you to this level um so when this all happened i thought damn we need to sort something as well um i need to get leo to the doctors and we need to start there uh you know and and then when we sat there and we had the whole same thing, Tick, how do you feel? I just was like, I was getting so enraged inside. I was like, are you doing this to my kid? Are you making him relive all this stuff? Um, and I was just like, Ugh. afterwards, she just like gave us a pamphlet and was like, oh, do you want me to text you the uh, the websites? Or I was like, yeah, well, yeah whatever. And honestly, Nigel, from that day, man, we just ran. <clears throat> we pretty much ran. We tried to figure out things on our own. Um, and how to heal uh, and and work together and and feel better through things. I wouldn't say you're ever fixed. I would ever say that you've no. ever gotten over things. How can you get over that? It's, you know, it's a huge. It's a. It's it's it was my best friend, um, and well, his mommy. You know what I mean. Uh, you don't get over that. Uh, so yeah, there's times when I feel like absolute garbage. Yeah, uh, because you kind of go and. But what if, uh, what if I picked him up a few minutes earlier and I was able to make eye contact with her and I realized there was something off. If I went to the door instead of him just running out, um, you know, what if I texted and then even just rewinding back to what if our relationship didn't end? And, you know, you get into these cycles that aren't healthy. Did you, after, after it happened, did you start to blame yourself a little bit? Yeah, and... instantly, instantly, yeah. instantly, man. Yeah, and it was just like, uh, but the thing is this, it's kind of like, I knew I couldn't get into that self-pity mode of everything because I had little dude to make sure he had the best dad ever, you know what I mean? He had his support, um, and he had to move houses, he had to move schools, he had to make new friends, all that stuff in X amount of weeks, um, so I had to do, I had to put on brave face and just be the best pops I could be at that point. How did he take it in those weeks afterwards? Because that's a lot of change and a lot to take on board. 
What did you see in him? I saw a lot of me in him, which I think at times can be slightly cold or too analytical. Because when I told him, a friend of mine is here, and I was just like, what do I do? Yeah. What do I do? So I just How put do I tell my, him? My, yeah, I put into my, yeah, I put into my group, guys, I need help. Red alert, da 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 yeah. And these are the lookalike friends of mine, and they're all brothers to me, basically. And I'm so happy from that. It's just so strange the way fate all links everybody. And instantly, one of them was on the phone, uh, Steve, and he was like, John, you... He's like, I always believe, and I think I've told you this before, John, never do things in your house um, from fights to having a chat about arguments or whatever else. He's like, he can never think this is the, this is the room where I was told... He's like, get him out of the house um, t- tomorrow, whatever else, and then find a place you guys will never, ever, ever go to again and do that there. Um, and tell you the truth, man, it's, it's, I'm so happy I did that. Uh, because now the house has no negative about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's not yeah. a negative room. There's not a negative. This is the sofa. This is whatever. No, um, I still don't know where that place was. We just ended up in a forest somewhere. Uh, when I did it and uh, he broke down we hugged and we went back to the car and then we had drove back to the house and um, Leo really broke down for a while in the uh, in the house and we went up to the bed and I cuddled him and he passed out but I like this is this is when I realized my genealogy within him um, he woke up and like a computer it was like he rebooted and he was on his phone uh, texting his brothers um, how they were feeling. Da, da, da. Um, then he started to play games with his friends, uh, to which my partner, she came home from work and she was like, she was peeking in the room and she messaged me and was like, can you tell him? And I was like, yeah. She was like, what's going on? Because I can't fathom this. And I was yeah. like, well, I ain't going to say you're not supposed to do this. What are you doing, kid? No, yeah, I'm yeah. just going to leave it to him and see. So then we went to see his brother's and since he's the baby, everybody burst into, you know, I mean, there's four of them, they're hugging him, they're crying, everybody's going crazy again. But when he left that environment and, you know, he gave them all hugs, they had like lunch and everything was, all the rawness was over and they talked and stuff. He left and he said, Dad, uh, the only reason I cried was because they were crying. I already did that. And then that's when I explained to him, I said, son, this is going to be a hard journey because you're going to meet people who haven't seen your mom in the longest and they're going to be full of tears and everything else and they're going to be putting their energy on you. And I know that what you're telling me right now is that you've done it. And it's a lot like me. You know what I mean? It's scarily like me. Would you say that, that when, after he told you that and you kind of understood it and you could see yourself in him, that's when you two started to to grow together and bond more and then grow grow to what what you are now? Yeah, man, definitely. Um, You know, we really started to throw ourselves into this brownie thing. So you formed a brownie-making company. Mm. What are you called? We're the Brooklyn Brownie Company. Um, as as we would be. <laughs> and, <laughs> nice. Uh, so, what you just started selling brownies to people at the school, or what, what happened? No, oh, the Brooklyn Brownie Company. It, it it came out of me and Leo thinking about things to do. First was actually a jerky company, like a beef jerky company, ah, okay. uh, and yeah, also another American type thing. Um, I love me some beef jerky. I love me some beef jerky. Me too. Beef jerky and bill tongue and all that. 
Uh, and me and Leo messed around with that for one day, and we realized this is not going to happen. It's just too much work. Uh, and these brownies, and well, the basics one, the plain ones, uh, I was already using as incentive treats uh, in studios. Whatever studio I went into, I utilized them to make friends, you know what I mean? So I'd bring in snacks on a Friday, and that was a way to bribe studio people to stay late on a Friday, instead of running out to the pub. Now, John's so nice. Now, John's really going to play. And I'm going to guilt you to get my renders, man, you know what I mean? Yeah. How are you going to leave the dude who just brought you, like, you know, a couple hundred snacks? Um, and that has worked so well for me to fast-track friends and everything else and to get favors. Um, so, in a way, I've been making the plain ones for a while. They just weren't perfected. Um, and then finally me and Leo sat down and we perfected it because I kept telling him, baby, you have to taste this brownie I ate when I was a kid in the 80s. It's an 80s brownie, 80s brownie. Um, and he didn't have a clue what I was talking about. He's like, all right, Dad, whatever. Uh, the crazy thing is, Nigel, when I was younger, I was allergic to chocolate. So my mom would bake these brownies and I would sneak into the refrigerator when she was gone and grab some, usually the corner piece, run upstairs to my bedroom, chew them up. So in my head, I had the texture and the consistency that I wanted. So I'd chew them up and I'd spit them out. Um, and, and that was it. So I didn't have my allergic reaction. And uh, I still remember the texture and everything else that I was trying to get. So we traveled around trying other brownies, buying brownies, everything else. And nobody had that 80s brownie. So we did. We made it. And uh, there's Brooklyn Brownie Company, the product that was made. Um, we started to top them with all the crazy uh, flavors of that, <laughs> that season. And that's it, man. Me and Leo. Uh, listen, dude. Been doing listen, listen, dude. I have, I, the first time I went to your website and looked at your brownies, my, my jaw hit the floor. I think I started salivating right there and then. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, they are mouth-wateringly appealing. Appealing, yeah. Man. You sit yeah, and you man. look at them and you, you, dribble starts to come out. But that's the thing. If you were making something or whatever else, you know what you want. I mean, especially somebody who's been on social media, you know what looks good. Yeah. Uh, you know what looks sexy. Um, and then my background in like uh, in computer graphics and advertising and knowing what companies want, um, that helped fast track our, our artistic eye. The handy thing is, oddly enough, through whatever osmosis or whatever, I gave him the same eye. So he knows what works. Um, so he'll go and create all the content he needs and we'll upload it and start editing. Um, so it's really, really handy not having to constantly brief a newbie because oddly enough, he's already fast-tracked. <laughs> he's already fast-tracked through genealogy. It's amazing. Um, it's just having this, this new version. It's great. Um, just being able to work with my son is just fantastic. So another thing, when you started it, you, you sent a letter to someone and you got kind of a big break. Tell us about that. So we, oddly enough, yeah. So the Brooklyn Brownie Company, the Mr. T side of thing, I made friends with somebody named the, the Chocolate Smiths. Now the Chocolate Smiths, they recently had a huge break uh, that's actually helped the entire bakery world. She invited me to become a collaboration with her. Uh, she has over, I think, 60,000 followers at that time. Yeah. Um, so to work with us was just kind of like crazy because we only had like, I think, three to four hundred followers in comparison. But she knew me as Mr. T right. and uh, the Mr. T who bought, uh, I think, 
the 15 chocolate bars from her because she did this thing called collaboration bar. She yeah. makes chocolate and then she collaborates with small businesses. And she decided to collaborate with us, AKA Mr. T. She loved our story. She knew all about us. Um, and she knew what the hardships we were through. And uh, suddenly she ordered 6,000 brownies uh, from us. Yeah, to be in her chocolate bar. And she sold, I think, around like 5,000-ish bars. You also have to have send extras uh, bars that month. And we broke all records. And suddenly our following went and uh, just just blew up, man. And we were really, really fast-tracked and fortunate. Uh, It's just so strange how the one side of my life interacts with the other and integrates with the other one and has really helped to uh to boost our numbers we've been really really fortunate wow so you had to scale up quick i mean now Oof. now on a on a on a busy busy week how many brownies could you put out at a push um with very little sleep we can definitely get out ten ten thousand. and that's even that's pretty big for even a bakery because when i tell other bakers like, because I don't see myself as a baker. I tell some bakers, they're like, what? You know, we can't even do that in, you know, our place. And they're like a real, I, I call it a real bakery. Yeah, but they're <laughs> like a real bakery. Uh, I keep seeing myself, me and Leah, we're just little dude and main dude. We're not, we're not really bakers, but apparently we are. But yeah, that's, that's us not really sleeping and back to almost Corona times. Because there was a time during when the first lockdown happened, I was going to bed at 5 a.m. and waking up at 7 a.m. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. It got really bad, Nigel. It got really bad, bro. Um, And Leo was doing... He caught me. That was the thing. I never wanted him to know. I put him to bed and da-da-da, all that stuff. He came down one night, and uh, he saw me up at, like, 2 o'clock. Making brownies. Or 3 o'clock or whatever. Yeah, making brownies. And I, like, really busted my butt. And he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, what are you doing up, baby? And he was just like, oh, um... I couldn't sleep and I heard noise. So I was like, okay. And he's like, but why are you up? And I was like, well, I have to be up. I have to get, we have got to get some of these orders out. You know, I know you, I know you went to bed at 11, which is late in my head for a kid. Yeah. Um, and he stayed up and, and helped me. Um, and that helped us from then help me get to bed earlier. I started getting to bed at one uh, yeah. because he was helping a lot longer or a little bit longer than he was supposed to. Um, and it's just, yeah, he did all that off his own back and he didn't need to, but empathy, yeah, man. the empathy, it gave me a life. It gave me back a life. You know what I mean? And yeah, I can't, I can't thank him enough. Um, but that's my son. <laughs> He's a strange little alien, man. I love him. <laughs> I you, like, love him. You, you two are beautiful. You two are absolutely beautiful. I want to try and give maybe a listener out there who is experiencing grief now or, or, or God forbid, a listener out there who might experience grief soon. What would you like to say to them as someone who's experienced it and someone who's so positive about life now, who's doing so many amazing things with their life now, who's got their son through it? And I know you said it, it never ends, but you've, you've got to a place where you're, you're yeah. moving forward. It's not a movie. That was the biggest thing. You have that film moment when you're like, we're all supposed to pause, you know? Where's the pause? Where's the, where's that Michael Bay sound effect? You know what I mean? Um, and you look outside and people are mowing their lawn. Uh, people are still going to work. Everybody else is living their life and not realizing the pause that you're in. Um, so what you need to do is talk, is communicate. 
to let others actually know what's going on. Don't pull into your head thinking that, well, they don't care. The world doesn't care. The world doesn't know. The best thing you can do is effectively communicate. Open up with somebody that you trust, or maybe sometimes not even you trust. Maybe sometimes it's best to talk to somebody you don't even know. Mm. And that's where it's ha- it's been quite handy with the whole DM thing, people just DMing us and chatting. Um, and this is why I constantly go on to the stories and just talk as openly as I possibly can and try to engage with people. I've been getting Leo recently on to the stories just to talk and so people can see a different face. Um, being able to effectively communicate helps you so much in life. Um, and just know that you will get through it. I mean, you will get through it. The, 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 the only thing I would say is if you are feeling this bad and something like this has happened to you, you're not really going to get any worse. It's not going to get any worse. Yeah, definitely. It's all, it's only up from there, man. You know what I mean? So good advice. Definitely try to. Yeah, definitely. Good advice. Effectively communicate, man. And, uh, and just, and just know things will get better. You're such an inspiring story. So, so, I mean, I could talk to you for hours and hours. One thing I do want to know, going through this whole experience and um, setting this business up with your son, plus what you went through uh, growing up with, with the role model, what has it taught you about how important being a dad is? Oh, man, dude. I know, it's a big um, one. Sorry, I had to drop that one on you. No, 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 it's a, it's a darn good one. It makes me, you know, it's, it's one of the most important jobs out there. But the thing is, it's like this. I approach things, people kind of say I approach things differently, kind of like it's not wrong, it's not right. I don't see myself fully as a dad. Yes, that is the phrase that most people have, have chosen for me, but I'm a parental unit within this household. So is Becky. She's a parental unit within this household. And that's how I had to explain it to her when she was like, oh, how do I tell Leo? I was like, you're a parental unit. You have the same authority as me. We're 50-50. You know what I mean? You've decided to come into this house and you're going to be like a mommy type of figure. Um, this is exactly how my dad was. You know, uh, I've gone into blended households and I've had to take it. I was like, I know it might be a bit alien to you. But once I gave her that pep talk, that's what it was. But anybody who takes that parental figure, even if it's temporarily, you better take it with the utmost importance because you are helping to form the next generation. You are there to help develop the future. So, I mean, even when I have barbecues and stuff like that before the whole COVID thing, I've realized, you know, neighbors, kids would come over and so I'm just a little, a little bit wild or my, 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 my partner's friends are, big, you know, they're her sister, their kids are a little bit crazy. But when they started to realize the pecking order within the household, how Leo was acting, you know what I mean? They're like, oh, OK, we're going to go to John to ask if we can go and open the refrigerator or we're going to go, oh, John, can we have an icy pop? Oh, John, can we do this? And their parents were like, how are you doing this Jedi mind trick? You know what I mean? It's just like, that's just a bit of structure, man. You know what I mean? Kids, they love a bit of structure. And at the end of the day, man, we're all animals. You know what I mean? So there needs to be a pack leader. There needs to be a pack leader. If you got two pack leaders, that's fantastic. That's awesome. But as a grown-up, it is your job to help, you know, to help form kids, man. Uh, and uh, if you actually have that gift of being a real parent, like, a, like I am a father, uh, dude, you, you better you better cherish every moment of that because you have been gifted with a blessing. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. Could we speak to Leo now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of let me uh, let me call little dude down one second. Yeah, little dude. <laughs> hey, baby. 
Leo? What's up, Leo? Hey. Nice to meet you, dude. So nice to meet you. Thanks for, for coming and having a little chat with me. I've been sorry I've like taken so much of your dad's time to, to find out your story. <laughs> you guys are amazing. Did you know that? Thanks. You are. No, you literally are amazing. Uh, you, you give me inspiration. As a father-son duo, you give me absolute inspiration. Um, how do you balance school and working with dad? Well, I usually finish my schoolwork like when I come into the house or later at night. And back when I come home, I just help with the work. That's, that's amazing. And how difficult is it for you to be able to manage that? Do you, do you get tired? Not too difficult. Not really. <laughs> Look at that. Look at you. <laughs> You're just full on. You're just up in it, ready to go all the time. What do your mates at school think about it? I think it's pretty cool, to be fair. Just, like, support me with it. You're the little entrepreneur of the school. If you could, if you could go or project, what, what would you want to be 20, 20, 50 years from now? <laughs> still be one, I would still want to be working, doing this, but on the side, I might want to be doing something to do with art or computer science. Arts and computer science. Wow, that's cool. Well, you've got, you've got a good role model in your dad there because he knows a little bit about being creative, doesn't he? I don't know why he's all these things he wants to go into is all this stuff, you know, and then once again, it's like me and my mom, you know what I mean? It's just like, uh, I'm like, why are you going into that in my head? I'm like, why are you going into that boy? But I'll never, I'll never stifle him. If he wants to do that, um, I know he's going to be a hell of a lot better than I am. Um, and he's going to bring a whole new flair to it. Uh, and he's, you know, like I say, he's 2.0, man. He's, he's bound to be better. You know, he's got me and his mom in him. Are you, are you going to, are you going to um, take what your dad's done to the next level? Just as a yeah. human being, I mean, not, not, not just like uh, with Brooklyn um, Brownie. I'm just talking about in life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Definite. Bam. I like it. You've got it. Mm-hmm. You've got in schooled right. Definitely. <laughs> Confidence in that way, man. <laughs> so what have you been doing today, uh, Leo? What have you been up to while dad's been chatting away to me? I've just been like chilling, just like looking at things like what I want. Because my birthday's soon. Oh, snaps. What do you want for your birthday, dude? <sighs> <laughs> Put them on spot, man. I've been looking at, like, um, new computer parts and, um, like, an iPad. Like, an iPad Air. Do you know what? Ones. My son's been looking at the iPad Air. They, you know, they had the, um, the, the keynote or whatever it is, you know, the announcement. Yeah. Where they, and he was showing me the, uh, the iPad Air. Because I was like, hold on, isn't it all about the iPad Pro? But then he showed me this like review online where um, basically the air is like just as yeah it's just as good as the pro now the, the chip in there blah 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 and all that and then he showed me those tags have you seen the tags yeah the air... he was just telling me oh yeah. my days <laughs> the air Ear tags yeah air tags right my my son showed me those as well and I was like what the cracking <laughs> kind of device is this so yeah they're doing some craziness. But so you're into tech then, Leo, yeah? Yeah. Nice. So if you met Elon Musk one day and said, listen, Elon, <laughs> you and me, can we go into business together? <laughs> would that be a cool thing? Yeah, it would be pretty. Make it happen. <laughs> make it happen, Leo. That's what I want. I want you to make it happen. I want you to come back to me in 10 to 15 years and I want you to go, Nige, me and Elon are working on something. <laughs> Crazy things. I'm not joking. And then we, <laughs> then we can come back to this podcast and say, look, we spoke about it all these years ago. 
All right, guys, there's one question I love to ask all the people that come on the Dad Vengers podcast um, just before we leave. So this is going to both of you, okay? Uh, let me go to dad first. Okay. okay. So, John, if you could have a dad superpower, what would it be? And why? And while you're thinking about that, Ooh. Leo, if you could have just a straight up teenager superpower, <laughs> what would it be and why? I'd say for my one, being able to read minds. I guess because then I'd be able to know what my son's always thinking. Uh, I wouldn't go dipping in there all the time because to tell you the truth, there's so many times when like people are like, oh, oh this is a surprise, this is a secret, and you know what I mean? And the present is in the room with me. And Nige, I'm one of these people, I don't care. You know what I mean? If you've told me that, that I'm not supposed to look at that, I ain't going to look at it. I'm not a nosy yeah. person like that. Yeah. So it's just like, I just I just dip in when I, I'm seeing him as he's looking a little bit not himself or whatever else. So, um, so cool. I chose, I chose very similar. I, 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 was asked, I chose to, to be able to touch someone and be able to em- have the empathy to know exactly what they're thinking and feeling. Boom. Yeah. There. Yeah, yeah, and then that would I was, be... I'm it. just thinking Corona. I don't really want to <laughs> The new norm. The new norm. So what about you, Leo? What What have you got one, for me superpower-wise? Mine would probably be to clone myself so I can, you know, do different like, tasks without, oh, you know, affecting... Snap. Look at that. The businessman's got it down. If I can clone myself... West Indian right there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the businessman has it down clone myself I can run 14, 15 businesses because I got my clones on it exactly. got 20 jobs going on huh? yeah Definitely have your grandmother happy then she's totally <laughs> totally listen guys can I just say you are an inspiration I wish you all the luck in the world I will be telling people about uh, the Brooklyn Brownie Company left, right and centre you deserve every success keep doing what you're doing and keep keep representing for families everywhere ah man thanks Nigel, for having us on it's, it's been really cool man and it's been a real cool chat and getting to know you as well definitely do you know what i think we're gonna have to have a part two we're gonna have to come back to it in a year or two <laughs> and and have more chats because like i said i could literally talk to you for hours and i'm sure there's so much we haven't touched upon all right dudes you take it easy thank you so much for joining us leo as well John and Leo, what a pair, what a tag team. Really great to see John talking about something so difficult like loss uh, and encouraging men and fathers to deal with their problems rather than to bury them. Uh, He's got experience in that and it's something that I hope we can all learn from. So thank you very much, John. So there you have it, another fantastic episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you have time, leave us a review. We'd love to hear what you thought of this episode or of the series as a whole. And don't forget, you can subscribe or follow using your preferred podcast platform to be first to hear the episodes. If you'd like to find out more about Dadvengers, head to dadvengers.com where you can find out more information about our live chats, about our meetups, quizzes, blog posts, and more. This has been the Dad Vengers podcast, sponsored by Tonka, because being tough is all about getting out and playing.
Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel-Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.